Well, Chris, second time in, round two. About time. It's about time. We're <laughs> back at her again. So there's a double entendre there, which I'm hoping people pick up on. <laughs> I think it's a great title to the series. Um, so yeah, last time we talked about uh, productivity. We talked about fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. We gave a really good introduction as to why we should be thinking about doing this. Um, can you just give a quick summary as far as what we talked about last week? Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, God expects us to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. He's commanded us to be rich in good works, devoted to good works. And uh, a tree is not fruitful if it only puts out one apple every year, right? So we should be paying attention to the amount of good works that we're able to do, how mm-hmm. fruitful we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet for many for many people, there t- seems to be a real gap between our, our good intentions and our good works. And that gap doesn't seem to be fixed by more intentions, and it doesn't seem to be fixed by being more busy. Uh, in fact, sometimes being the more busy we are, the, the less fruitful we actually are. And so biblical productivity or biblical fruitfulness is uh, a way of of approaching that those problems and working to be as fruitful as we can in the time we've been given while stressing less avoiding burnout um, and and having the a lot of um, practical wisdom on what to say yes to what to say no to knowing what's the best thing for us to be doing and 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 about practically doing what uh, what Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16 tells us to do, and it says to make the best use of your time. Perfect. So going forward, we've got four, we've got three fours here, four principles, mm-hmm. four tools, mm-hmm. and four habits. Right. That's where we're going with this whole exactly. thing. Exactly. Uh, to um, do this well, to be fruitful well. Mm-hmm. Today, what are we diving into? Yeah, so we're going to start, uh, we're going to see how, how, how it goes for time. Uh, keep an eye on the clock here, but we're going to, um, we're going to try to cover at least the first two of the four principles. Great. So that's Princi- where we'll start. Principle number one is stop trying to remember stuff. Uh, stop, Ouch. stop using your brain to remember stuff. Hmm. Uh, we talked about last, last week of how one of the major impediments to, to productivity, fruitfulness, Time management, if we want to use that phrase, is just forgetting, right? There's a story of me as a kid, you know, friends, oh yeah, we'll take you with us next time. Never happened. Broke my heart, broke trust. I felt, you know, not cared for and all this stuff. Mm. They just forgot. They just mm. said they do it and they just, just plain forgot. Um, and, and I, I know from, from years of my experience, just forgetting things was, was a, was a, is this huge problem for me mm. saying I'd do something and not doing it. And, um, and then, and then also having that happen to me repeatedly, right? Someone say they do it and I'm expecting them to do it. Never happens. Oh, sorry. I forgot. How many times in a week do you hear those phrases? I hear it quite a bit. And unfortunately, um, oftentimes when I hear phrases like that, I also hear the phrase, you broke my trust. (laughs) If I've forgotten something, that's typically, um, what follows is if you, if you've forgotten, you've broke my trust. So that's a big issue. Yeah. And, and that, and that is, the, that is the reality, um, is that we do break trust when we forget. Yeah. Um, one of the things as I deal with, as I, and I work with younger people is, uh, many younger people haven't quite figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, Oh, sorry, I forgot kind of with a smile on their face, like no big deal. And, uh, one of the things that I try to 
help younger people figure out is, uh, yeah, that is a big deal actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are many people in your life who are not going to just, they're not going to smile back at you when you say, Oh, sorry, I forgot. It's like, okay. Well, you're fired. Right. And, and so, um, it, it's, 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 it's mega important when mm-hmm. we figure this stuff out. So, um, are you someone who, um, maybe I don't want to ask the question that way. Uh, I could take it, Chris. No, no, no. I'm just, I, I don't want to make it, uh, do you, why do people, why are people okay with forgetting stuff? Why do you, why do you think? And, and what, what makes that continue to, to happen? I wonder if it has a lot to do with not being aware of the consequences of it. Hmm. So just thinking it's not a big deal because it really didn't affect this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't see the, the outcomes, hmm. um, the inconveniences, the hurt feelings, the, right. Right. And, and do, do, do you think there's an overestimation in our ability to remember? Absolutely. There is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's something I see all the time is I, I, and this comes from a chronic forgetter, right? Significant short-term memory. I'm not like, I have a, I have a comically terrible memory at times. And, uh, and yet that's kind of tuned me into these things. And in many conversations where someone says, okay, I'll do that. And my first thought is, no, you won't. You're going to forget. Totally going to forget. I just, I just, I just know it. And sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. I know some people, my father-in-law is one of them who his memory is, is incredible. Um, but many people are not like that. Even if they are though, here, here's the thing is that neuroscience shows us that your, like your brain has limited horsepower, right? And simply think of its physical size, right? Mm -hmm. When you are trying to remember something, that part of your brain that's working to remember is not available for other processes. Mm -hmm. And so I remember hearing one neuroscientist describe it with the phrase neurospace. Mm. So if you're trying to remember something, um, even if you can, now many people can't, many people way overestimate their capability to remember. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just, it's gone. But even if someone is, if they're, if they're, they're remembering it, I mean, it, it takes some effort to remember. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not really conscious effort, your brain is putting out effort. Your mm. brain is, okay, I got to do this. Okay, I got to do this. Okay, I got to do this. And as your brain is working to remember something, that neurospace is not available for other processes, mm-hmm. such as being present, mm-hmm. you know, like really paying attention to what's going on in front of you mm-hmm. or thinking deeply about matters or um, sometimes just having the mental white space, right? Like studies have shown that often when it comes to problem solving, our greatest breakthroughs do not often come when we're intentionally thinking about something, but they come, um, or is this something you're familiar with? Is this whole idea? Oh yeah. It's if somebody's on in the beginnings of falling, to, falling asleep yeah. or they're yeah, absolutely. Or when you're doing something like fishing or just going mm-hmm. for a run or, or something where your brain is not actually engaged, where it's just kind of puttering on autopilot. That's often where, the big mm-hmm. ideas come from. And if we're working to remember things, we're really, we're stealing resources from, from those. So that, that's, that's kind of what I say to, to people is your memory is probably not as good as you think it is. Mm. But if it is, 
you still are really stealing from yourself and other people by by trying to to remember all all of these things another thing that uh, you might find interesting is neuroplasticity i don't know if you've heard of that absolutely term. so yeah. if a person's trying to learn something um and is doing that and reasonably well um that does take up space in mm -hmm. the brain itself and um, we can't just keep on filling it, filling it, filling our brain with information. There has to be a sloughing off of other memory or um, we cannot be sharp with everything. Um, those people that can, they found that if they keep on adding and adding, they've got an amazing memory. Oftentimes, if their brain doesn't downregulate or downplay uh, certain information they they break they crack they're not we're not built to remember everything actually it's not infinite capacity <laughs> absolutely right. so neuroplasticity that's yeah. another term that we can remember absolutely yeah um and and, and yeah the idea here um it, it it also connects in just with with stress right is mm -hmm. that often trying to remember things i think we've all had that experience where it's like um with our kids, for example, where we, you know, we're trying to remember something and then they come and start talking to us and it's like, just a second, just a second, just a second, you know, or maybe that's just me. But I think, I think it's, it's common that we, or we're just where it's like, oh, what was I supposed to do? Like it just, I think we get that. So productivity, uh, one of the, one of the most basic principles, which we were already illustrating at the end of the last session involves getting things out of your head onto something else, whether it's a pad of paper, whether it's onto the notes in your phone, whether it's note to self or whatever it is, what it is doesn't matter half as much as the fact that you're getting it out of your head and you're using another tool to remember it for you. Hmm. There's an old phrase, right? The, the, the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. And, and that's kind of part of the idea here. It's using tools, even if that tool is something, you know, just, just pen and paper to get things out of your brain. So the, the second you do that, many people, and this is before I studied productivity, you hear people say that's like, oh, it feels so good to make a list. Have you had that experience? No. Okay. Well, maybe that's a joy that, that you will discover. But I've certainly heard many people talk about that. This idea that, oh, I just, you know, I'm trying to think of all these things to do. And when I just get it out on a list, oh, it just feels so good. There's actually a physical sensation of relief. Mm. And that's, that's what's happening in our brain, right? We are, um, we are relieving our brain of that pressure of trying to remember all of that. And, and we're putting it all, all on paper. Um, there's actually, I mean, even some, some biblical, uh, um, evidence to go along with this and maybe this seems like a bit of a stretch but simply the fact that scripture exists shows that god did not expect his people to remember these things hmm. so he wrote it had them write it down hmm. now you could say okay well that's talking multi-generational um and perhaps but there, there is something there right mm -hmm. that god doesn't trust our memory and and so writing things down um so I don't, I don't trust my memory. I don't, I don't trust, and this is maybe a, a pe people might not be happy to hear this, but I don't trust anyone else's memory. Hmm. Very few people when they say, Oh, I'll do that. If I don't, so if I'm in a conversation with someone, I ask them to do something or, um, or they say they'll do something and I don't see them write it down or put it in their phone. What do you think I do? You probably ask or text or 
Hey, I, I, I do it. I write ah, it down. There you go. So, so, so that, and so, and so they're like, I'm doing their job for them. Really. Hmm. Um, there are very few people to, to, to be totally honest where when they say I'll do that, that I can totally trust they're going to do it hmm. because, um, uh, and maybe very few people's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I, when someone, when someone says, okay, I'm going to do that and they write it down right away, I trust it's going to happen. Or at least the odds of it happening are greatly increased. Hmm. But when someone says, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. And they don't do anything. They just walk away. I write it down and put a note and make a note to follow up with them hmm. to make sure that's going to happen. And, uh, just because, especially in today's world, right? Like maybe our memories were sufficient a hundred years ago, but when that person walks away from that conversation with me and 30 seconds later, they're responding to a text on their phone and then they get in the car and the radio, like think of how much information is coming into our brain Mm -hmm. at all, at all times. It's a very, very few, very small percentage of people that are actually, you know, by the time they get home, are still going to be remembering the details of what we talked about mm. in terms of, of actual tasks. And, and I think what you brought up there about, about trustworthiness is really important because I think for some people it's like, Oh yeah, I can't trust memory. It's like, that's actually a big deal mm. that, that you would be a trustworthy person. I, I think the Bible has some things to say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be, again, be a bit of a stretch. Um, but Jesus said, let your yes be yes. And your no be no. And your no be no. And, and there he's talking about using oaths. But, but I think the principle it still applies there, that, that you should be the kind of person that when you say, I will do this, people know they're going to do it. Their yes is going to be yes. And that means for, for the vast majority of people that you can't trust your memory. Or even if you can, you shouldn't. Hmm. You, and so this gets, this will, when we talk about tools and habits, we'll talk about what's the best way to write stuff down. And for, for me, for, for a while, it was just a physical pad, pad of paper and a pen in my back pocket. And that, that was the single most transformative thing that I, that I uh, did in terms of developing a, a system. My hmm. system was a pad of paper and a pen. So it was, it was huge. Once you start using tools to get things off your memory, it's like, it's like taking a backpack off just this huge load. Hmm. That's the first principle. First principle. Stop using your brain to remember stuff. Right on. Okay. Principle number two, plan your time like you should budget your money. Hmm. So we just talked about money. That's where I think this class follows up really well. It's a big connection between the two. Yeah. So what, what did we talk about there in terms of budgeting? Yeah, it's a, it's a really efficient way or what you're trying to do is be efficient with, um, uh, the money that you have currently, um, looking ahead rather than trying to respond to something, a reactionary response. So yeah, you're, you're basically looking ahead to, to say, this is where I want to allocate my time or money in this money, case. Yeah. Money, yeah. In, in this case, time. It's, it's making decisions about the, the future based on your priorities. Mm. And, and if you don't budget, yeah, like you said, it's, 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 it's kind of like driving by the rearview mirror, you know? Mm. And it's like, Oh, I didn't do that right. Oh, I didn't do that right. And 
I think, like we talked about, I think there's a very small percentage of people who can get by hmm. without budgeting, or or perhaps even if maybe they are budgeting and they don't know it because they just have such a crystallized sense of their priorities. And but but for most people, there needs to be some allocation mm-hmm. ahead of time. And this is really the second big principle here is that is that we need to plan our time like we should plan our money like we, we we budget our money and we budget our time so you often will hear people talk about uh man wish there are 25 hours in this day or if there's only an extra day in the week i said that before yeah mm-hmm. and i i am inclined to have those thoughts eke out from time to time as well but uh it's the same with 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 money if you are not using it well mm. more is not going to help mm. We can think of those people who they're really struggling financially and they get more money and what are they still doing? They're still struggling financially. Mm. If you don't know how to use it well, more is not going to help. And and the same principle applies with with time. We need to know how to spend it. Um, And so you need to budget. So when when do you budget your money? When do I budget my money? Well, or not just in general. When should people budget their money? Well, I think you've already talked about it, right? Yeah, we, it's before. before. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, otherwise, it's not actually budgeting. On the fly, oh, I'd like that. Yeah, I can do that. And again, I, I, I'm guilty of, of, of doing that, right? Where, um, the, but, 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 but as much as possible when you're budgeting, you're making those kind of decisions ahead of time. Um, and, and then how do you budget? You're allocating resources based on priorities. I only have this much coming in this month. Here's my priorities. So I'm gonna I'm gonna decide ahead of time. Before I get into it, I'm gonna decide to put my money, you know, a certain amount here, a certain amount there. And 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 real productivity comes when we start to make those kinds of decisions uh, about our about our time. I have we have the limited amount, and that's the great thing about budgeting our time is we all have the exact same amount. And we say, here's what's important. Hmm. Here are my priorities. So I am going to plan ahead of time to make sure that my priorities are going to happen. Mm. I'm not going to always be looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't have time for that this month. I didn't have time for that this month. Instead, mm. we say this month, I'm going to make time for this. Mm. This is a priority to me. I'm going to plan to do this. Mm. Budget my time the same way that I, that I budget my money. Um, you give you give your time a job before you, before you get there, hmm. and and this can happen at different levels of detail. And we'll talk about that when we get into the actual habits. Some people, um, this can be just very general. Some people it can be very specific, hmm. um, and and that is going to depend. But the principle stands that we plan in advance to spend our time in accordance with what our priorities are. Now that requires clarifying your priorities, and we're going to talk about that. But um, another way of thinking about this, or, or I don't know, any do you have any feedback so far, or stuff that's making you think about? Or I'm really excited to uh, dive into the principles uh, and priorities. I, I guess not principles, but the priorities. Um, we're going to get there, though, aren't we? Uh, we're absolutely going to get yeah. there. So we th- this all builds in. Stages, right? So yep. if you jump into the priority part now without these other pieces, um, 
and, uh, and and we'll we'll maybe talk about that in a minute here, uh, even a little bit. But another way to think about it is if it's not if budgeting isn't maybe the most helpful metaphor. When I when I did I did a session on this with the young adults in Regina, and I I gave the example of packing a backpack. So I had a backpack and I had a whole bunch of stuff, and I said, okay, so pretend I've just been invited to go on a weekend camping trip. If I wait till five minutes before I'm supposed to leave, and I just shove everything in the backpack there's a lot that gets left behind. You got stuff hanging out. It's very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take the time to carefully, well, you know, when you go camping and stuff, if you, if you, if you think through your gear, what mm-hmm. am I going to need on this trip? Mm-hmm. So then, then I'm, I'm going to, you know, and you pack it in a, in a careful and a wise way. You find that if, if you pack that carefully, you actually can fit a lot more in than you think. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you don't have stuff all hanging out and falling out, but if you think very carefully, well, this part can go here and then this thing can fit here and then that can fit there. And, uh, and so productivity really is, is about taking that general approach to our time as well. Hmm. And again, different people are going to be more or less specific. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's that approach hmm. carefully thinking through ahead of time, what we're going to want, uh, what we're going to need and, uh, and going from there. Perfect. Those are the first two principles. What do you think? Should we call it there? Should we go? Uh, I think we've been less than half an hour. Should we do a third? Let's keep on going. Okay. Yeah. I believe that's 23 minutes. Okay. Hey, we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, where are we here? Plenty of time to just plan your money. Talking about the big rocks first. Put your big rocks in first. Uh, where did I, how come I don't have that? There. Great. We'll use that. Do you have two copies? Oh, it's right there. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this ties in uh, this ties in actually really well with the metaphor of, of packing your packing your backpack. But this is the, the third principle. Put the big rocks in first. Um, so have you seen the rock and the sand illustration act acted out? I don't think I have. Are you familiar with it? Though? I think I could be. Do you want to describe it? Or do... I think I wouldn't do a very good job of that. <laughs> So the first time I saw it was way better than rocks and sand. It was with marshmallows and chocolate chips. Mm. And uh, it, was, it was a Sunday school thing. So the teacher had this jar and she had a bag full of marshmallows and a bag full of chocolate chips. And she said, okay, so we're going to start by putting in the chocolate chips. And she poured them in, you know, filled the jar about halfway. And now let's see how many marshmallows we can fit in. And she got about half of the marshmallows in and she's trying to cram them in. They didn't all fit. And then she said, now let's do this differently. She put the marshmallows in first. And then she poured in the chocolate chips. Shaking it at the same time. Yeah, shaking it. But guess what happened? The chocolate chips filled up the gaps around the marshmallows. Mm. And both bags, all the marshmallows and all the chocolate chips fit in just by putting the the, the marshmallows in first. Mm. Um, And so I think her lesson had to do with making time for for God and, and, and putting first things first. Um. Stephen Covey, uh, or Covey, who's one of the, the guys in the secular business world who's thought a lot about this, he, he uses rocks and sand. And so it's, you can look it up on YouTube and, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of cool to see it, right? Cause yeah, you put, you put, fill up a, a jar or a vase with sand halfway and you try and put the rocks in after. And again, they're all, they don't all fit, but you put your rocks in first and then you're surprised at how much sand fills up around those gaps. Mm. So what, what this, what this really is speaking about is a, as as we as we think about how we're going to spend our time, 
We put the big rocks in first. We schedule time for what's important mm -hmm. for our priorities. We, we schedule that. We don't just say, I'm going to see if I have time for something. If it's important, if it needs to happen, you make time for it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so the, the Stephen Covey's phrase is that we need to schedule our priorities instead of prioritizing our schedule. Mm -hmm. So a great many people, and, and from time to time, I fall into this trap because it's very easy, is we have a schedule. We have all these demands and all these things that come at us. And so we say, okay, here's what I need to do because these are all the things that are coming at me. And so I need to prioritize it. So what's of all this that is here, well, what's most important? Okay, so I'll do this and then try and prioritize the schedule. And and when we do that, we tend to find uh, that that the really important things are, are, are really lagging behind. Mm. Instead, as he advocates, uh, we put the big rocks in first, which means scheduling our priorities and saying, what are my priorities? What's important? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to put that on my calendar, for example. Um, I'm going to schedule time for it. And then it, it's, it's surprising when we do that, how many of the little things can actually fit in around that quite well. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have time for some of those things that we didn't think we'd have time for. But if we fill up our schedule with little unimportant things and then we try and fit in the really big important things afterwards we'll often struggle to make that work hmm. another way of, of thinking and describing thinking about and describing this has to do with um uh with what i've heard referred to as the eisenhower matrix coming from general eisenhower um who who arranged the things he had to do on a grid of importance and urgency. Mm. So I don't know if you can picture, if I had the camera set up different, I'd use the whiteboard. Um, but if you picture the grid and you've got importance and urgency, and so there's, there's kind of four squares. And the one square is things that we need to do that are both important and urgent. The next square over is things we need to do that are important, but not urgent. Then there are the things we need to do that are urgent, but not important. And then finally, there's the things that are neither urgent nor important. So where do you think, and this isn't a right or wrong question or answer, but where do you think most people spend most of their time in which of those four squares? It's not a right or wrong answer. No, just what, what do you think? My suspicion is it would be um, things that would be important, but not urgent. You think that's where most people would spend their time? I think so. That's very interesting. I could be wrong. You might spend some time with some really unique people. Um, and, 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 and my experience is that the urgent tends to be what commands a lot of our uh, our intention even if it isn't important absolutely oh okay yeah um and 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 perhaps we're all different um i know for for myself that that's a, a very something i have to continually catch myself with so for example get an email saying there's this really great opportunity and it expires today so you got to take advantage of it and i'll be like okay i'm gonna do this and halfway through i'm like is this important? Should I actually be doing this? It's urgent, hmm. but is it really important? Um, 
there's that book called the tyranny of the tyranny of the urgent. Uh, and, and is that idea, uh, I haven't read it, but the title kind of says it all right. Mm. Um, the idea that the urgent things tend to, tend to really occupy a lot of our time. And, and so what we, what, what tends to happen for, for great many people is those things which are important, but not urgent for, for, for many people, those things just don't happen. Those mm. are the things that month by month by month by month, it's like, oh yeah, sorry, oh yeah, sorry, oh yeah, sorry. Didn't have time for that, didn't have time for that, didn't have time for that. Mm. Makes sense. So those are often the big rocks, is the things that are important, perhaps not urgent. Um, so yeah, think of some examples. Um, something that on my schedule that is important, but not urgent, is spending time with my family. Uh, it's not urgent because it can wait till tomorrow, right? It's not, by it can wait, I mean like, it's not like it's going to ex- expire, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, going for breakfast with my kid, I can say, well, can we go next week? Like I, I can push it off. So it's not urgent, but it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, can you think of other examples of things that would be important, but not necessarily urgent? Yeah, six in the morning, um Time to uh, uh, read God's word. And, Absolutely. And uh, one of one of my kids says, "I need to eat breakfast right now." It's I'm getting the urgent, but maybe it's not. They could possibly wait and and be there for twenty minutes or half an hour. So it's important. It's a, it's they're saying it's urgent. We might get the idea that it's urgent, but a person needs to deal with the the important and a person could say it's urgent to to read God's word daily and and that and, that, and that's and I think urgency can be, yeah be defined in different ways that, that's mm-hmm. a that's a really great one it's probably more urgent than we think yeah um but it's not urgent in the sense that if we push it off there's going to be uh immediate you know con- yeah con- consequences so the things that are important but not urgent are often the things many people struggle with. Mm. And those are the things we have to be very proactive about, about scheduling. Um, physical exercise would be another one, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it doesn't feel urgent. You can do it tomorrow, you know? Um, but it's really important. And so if we don't proactively schedule for it. R- relationship stuff is often yeah. a, a big part of here. And I think a lot of good works fits into that category mm-hmm. as well. Like... Doing something to serve someone, the body of Christ. I could do that later. Mm. Um, and and things that are urgent but not important tend to very you know quickly gobble up our schedule. Mm. So um, put the big rocks in first is about I you know building our schedule around those things, mm. and uh, and we'll talk about some of how that practically works later on. Mm-hmm. Great. So so far we've talked about. The, the uh, principles here, stop using your brain to remember stuff. The second one was, I got to bring it out, plan your time like you should plan your bud- your money or budget your money. Right. The third one we've talked about is put the big rocks in first. Right. The fourth principle. Yeah, fourth principle is really quick and it's just, uh, but it's really important this day and age and especially for younger people, mm. uh, which I include myself in that category, is fight distraction. Um and I, we've alluded to it before. We live in an extremely distracted age. Yep. 
extremely distracted. I mean, smartphones are largely to blame for that. But before then, it was TV. Mm. It was um, all you know. It was all kinds of things. Um, back in, I think it was the year I was born. Neil Postman wrote a very important book called "Amusing Ourselves to Death," or was it "Entertaining Ourselves to Death"? I think it was "Amusing Ourselves to Death." Uh, just talking about the way that television at that point had had changed the way we think mm. as a society by presenting us with little, short, disconnected pieces of information, one after mm. the other after the other, and 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 the way that that trains us to think in in some really unhealthy ways. Mm. And he died, I believe, before the advent of the smartphone. But man, what would he say now? Where mm. it's just we carry around some of the most distracting things ever invented in our in our pockets um distraction is the enemy of productivity Mm. um one because often the important things that we need to do so we we talked before right about about importance often the important things we need to do are things that require careful thought and attention and whether that's uh reading a book Mm. or writing a letter or spending relational time with someone. And man, we see it all the time. Maybe less so in Nipawin, but in the city, you see couples out on a date, dad out with his daughter, taking his daughter out for supper, and she's mm. eating supper alone because the whole time he's just, you know. Mm. Um, when I work with, some there's some of the prospective pastors I've worked with talking to them about sermon prep. What do you think is the number one struggle with writing a sermon? Distraction? Absolutely. Yeah, you're working away in Facebook. Bling, bling, bling. And uh and it's it, it it is a it is a huge factor. So whether it's spending time with one of our grandchildren and focusing on them, mm. whether it's reading doing the hard but important work of reading a book, reading God's word. Um, you, you, you know about dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about that? What what's these things do and how dopamine works? And Yeah, it, it, it is the drive of addiction. So if a person is, is doing something that gives um, short-term pleasure, uh, we have the tendency to want to keep on doing that again and again and again. Um, a lot of times people think the, the greatest driver for us is, um, is pain. So we, we do things really, really quickly because we, we want to avoid discomfort, but a greater, um, driver for us is, is actually pleasure. So right. that Facebook ding that goes off or who I got a phone call or who look at that. I got a text message. Um, that can get very, very addicting really, really quickly. And that has everything to do with the nervous system uh, interacting with our hormonal system, the endocrine system. Yeah. When does dopamine peak? I don't have that number. Okay. So this might be, this might be recent. uh, Well, it's not necessarily a number. This might be more recent studies, but they're they're finding when you, for example, um, are opening a Christmas present, there's a lot of pleasure there, but when it, when does, when is the dopamine, when are the dopamine levels at their highest? Oh, it's going to be a really short term. There's no question. But it's before you open the present. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, yeah, and this is maybe more recent studies. I was just listening to a, reading a book called Indistractable. That maybe I'll throw that out. Uh, Nir Eyal is the guy's name. N I R 
um, I think EYAL, but the book's called Indistractable. And, um, and dopamine, our dopamine levels peak right before we get the thing that we're looking forward to. So the idea is that the anticipation mm. is, is, is the huge thing. Mm-hmm. So when you get a ding on your phone, that the ding causes the dopamine spike because it creates anticipation. What's there? What's there? What's there? Actually looking at it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so, but, but especially for younger people, like they're like the, the dopamine thing that's going on with our smartphones or with our computers, it's the same neurochemical process that's going on in a gambling addict. Mm-hmm. It's the identical neurological process mm-hmm. and, um, or, or alcohol addiction as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and if you're, now there's some questions, should we talk about those things in terms of addictions, but the reality, neurochemically, they're the same thing. So I want to, you know, parents who, uh, you got to think really carefully how young they should let their kids have smartphones because I would even say with even TV shows or Netflix for sure, for sure. Yeah. That, that sort of thing. I, I agree with you. Smartphones as well. We got to think very carefully about those things. But here's the deal. In our day and age, productivity and, and distraction are, are big enemies. So um, Deep Work by Cal Newport is another really great book about how, how to fight distraction. And just from a business standpoint, so many people are listening to this and, you know, from they're finding that, that being able to work in an undistracted way is like it's the killer skill in today's job economy. Hmm. There's lots of creative people out there, um, but someone who's able to focus and, and and create good work without allowing distraction to trip them up, that's a superpower in today's economy. Mm. And um, so, yeah, uh, multitasking is a myth, right? So that's often what, what happens with with, uh, with distraction is we're working on something and we get a ding. And again, I'm guilty as, as anyone else, right? This, these are things I need to c- keep continually working on. Task switching, right, is what we're multitasking, right? So, because mm. because here, here's the thing: multitasking is a myth. Mm. It, it, is this something you're familiar with? You want me to keep rolling here? Just yeah, fly away. It's the idea: our brain can't actually do more than one thing at a time. Now, this is maybe particularly more true for men than it is for for women. But but I think even for women, it's not like multitasking isn't actually happening. What's happening is task switching. And so it's moving from this thing to this thing to this thing. And, um, and task switching cr- takes a mental toll on us. That's why our wives are so exhausted at the end of the day if they've been, if they've been taking care of little ones. Um, because they're, they're not actually multitasking. They're switching from this to this to this to this. And women, perhaps, or some women may be better at that than, than some men. But it takes quite a neurological toll on the brain. Mm. It, it, it's, it's really tough. And so, um, and so avoiding just fighting distraction is, is, is super important. That takes many different forms. And we'll talk about some of the tools later on. This is why I have a clean desk and fight to have a clean desk. Mm. Because if you're working away on something and you've got stuff here, here, and here, and here, even that is potentially attention diverting. Mm. Now you're supposed to be maybe for me writing a sermon and and then there's something over here. It's like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Oh, I need to right. So having a clean work environment. Um, and we'll talk later on things we can do with our phones and other things to to eliminate a lot of those distractions. Um, but uh, you know, we we really really um, need to fight distraction 
so that we're able to focus on what's important, mm-hmm. right? Because I know for me, I've been tripped up many times where I've done the other things. I've planned my time. I've budgeted it well. I've set aside time for something that's important. I get to that block of time. Okay, so this is an ongoing struggle for me, what I'm describing right here. Mm-hmm. I get to that block of time and something else pops up mm-hmm. and I'm distracted and I and I and it doesn't take much and all of a sudden time's passed it's like okay what i just did was good but it wasn't what i was supposed to be doing hmm. i let something urgent pop up boom, you know and so fighting distraction is is this fourth big principle that we we have to do hmm. and we'll talk later on about how you do that fantastic well that's great so so far we've um talked about um the four principles today um yeah, really, really helpful. I'm, I'm glad that we could uh, learn about that. I'm looking forward to the up and coming sessions. I, I've got lots to learn and, and I'm sure many of us will have as well. Great. So yeah, next up is four tools. Great. And, uh, we'll see if we get through them all in the next session or not. Perfect. Love tools. Awesome. Great.